Hey, I'm Tori. I'm Justin. And I'm Ryan. Have you always wanted to explore the world of sports, but haven't found an accessible barrier of entry? Or maybe you're just a sports expert who wants to laugh about who won, who lost, and who makes way too much money. Or maybe you just want to understand Ted Lasso better. Regardless of your relationship with sports, Good Game is there to break it down for you. It's a podcast about sports for rookies, veterans, and everyone in between. Whatever is happening in sports, Justin, Tori, and I will be there to talk through it all. With jokes, hot takes, and sometimes literal tears. So check out Good Game, a Trident Network podcast, wherever you listen to podcasts. Oh my god, hi. Welcome to Disney Adult, the podcast where Chicago comedians review Disney properties from the perspective of adults. Ant-Man's back, and this time the Wasp is joining him. I am joined by Paula Skaggs and Josh Linden, two comedians and co-creators of the card game No Wrong Answers, which you have probably heard advertised here many times. Uh, And today we're going through Ant-Man and the Wasp. Uh, A rich science family tries to locate their long-lost mother who's been living in a subatomic slime farm since... 1980 something while fending off a girl who can't touch them and some guy who owns a restaurant i wish there were more jokes in that intro that is truly what this movie is about without further ado here we go You hear like I I don't know like an alarm happens and you just punch the ceiling. Pulls out your mic. It's in the like, truck of my car. <laughs> yeah. I'm also right. imagining it being like a festival backpack. You know the ones that are like <laughs> correct. All of the above is correct. <laughs> All right. So today we're talking about Ant Man and the Wasp. Correct. Correct. Good. I'm in the part of I am in the the throes of recording these where I truly am anticipating the day that I watched the wrong movie. Oh my I, god, that'd be fun. Go with it. It would be fun, and I have I did watch 30 minutes of the sequel to Spider Man the other day, <gasps> only to realize that I had already watched the first one, and the first one was the one we were talking about. Mm. So then you think I would be like, oh, we'll keep it on because then it will like I'll use it for the next time. Absolutely not. I immediately turned it off. Yeah. <laughs> and I'll pick up where I left off when I have to record for that one. Perfect. Uh, so let's start from the top. Um, I'm going to start with you, Paula. Hi. Are you, first thing I want to do is get to know, are you an MCU fan? Have you seen any of these movies or did you just watch this one that I assigned for you? Okay. So let me, let me preface this by saying, I don't know what MCU is. <laughs> so I think that answers your question. It absolutely does. Thank you so I much. I have not seen a, a Marvel. I have not seen a Marvel. <laughs> um, I had no idea what was happening. Uh, I watched it with my boyfriend. I had to keep saying, who's that guy? And he'd be like, it's the quantum doctor from three of these ago. (laughs) I did not realize how connected all of this was. Mm -hmm. Um, Really some references that were uh, all over my head. It is so wild because as like a super fan of these who've seen them all multiple times, I would, I you until I started doing this podcast, I used to tell people you can just pick up and watch any of them. And I have been reminded multiple times that you cannot you do that. Ab- <laughs> I, I, you cannot. I felt so confident too. Because I was like, at the end of the day, like, they're not kids movies, but they're movies for everyone. Yeah, for and real. I was like, they're not going to make, you know, like, I'm a, I'm a, I'm a, I'm just, I'm an adult. 
they should mm-hmm. i'll be able to pick it up and i could not <laughs> <laughs> I didn't realize until the end of the I okay I didn't realize until the end of the movie that the lady was the wasp. I was waiting for the wasp to come. <laughs> like nobody mentioned her name. Nobody said, "Look, here is the wasp." At any point. Oh, this <laughs> one's a so sequel funny. too. It's the second one in this particular <laughs> yeah. franchise. It should, and they should have said, "Like here comes the wasp," and then she comes in. <laughs> <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, here comes the wasp in three, two. Somebody else walks through. You're like, wait, 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 wait. Not the wasp. Okay, once again, three, two. <laughs> I also was just like, why? Why is I was expecting the wasp to be like, you know, in yellow and black stripes. Yeah, she's something a little bit more. And to give you a little backstory or like a little uh, nugget. From the first one is and the mcu is famous for a scene in the middle of the credits that's their whole thing mm-hmm. is that like what gets you to watch the next one is that they put a little cliffhanger in the yeah. middle of the credits and the one they showed her she was her suit in the sequel when they're like here comes the wasp she's coming in the sequel it was black and yellow there was more yellow to it at least we deserve that and then here they just she just kind of has like a spy suit with wings and a helmet yeah yeah you, agreed baby. i have some notes for costume <laughs> josh how about you are you an mcu fan uh i am i think i've seen all of them except for maybe the second thor the one with uh where they like go to the underworld or they go to like the land of the dead and it's got it's like when natalie portman was still a part of the series but right before mm-hmm. she quit yeah yeah but yeah i've seen a bunch Thor- of these i went to some uh What's it called? It's like the tried to go opening weekend on mm-hmm. certain things. Like I, with a couple of friends, we it just became a tradition just yeah. to go to those, go go to Star Wars, like go to the big blockbuster movies kind of the first weekend that they came out. Yeah. So they're so good. Um, they're also fun to go opening weekend because it's like and that's what I would say, Paul, is like if you ever want to watch another one, even if you don't care to like catch up because there's so much to catch up on at this point, um, go to a, like an opening maybe i don't know if they really are the same after the pandemic but like before the pandemic it was like like a rock concert people are like cheering and screaming at parts crying really sweaty like just too many people in the movie theater and a lot of a lot of like 13 year olds so you get that Mm -hmm. you get that middle school Mm -hmm. funk going on as your boy smell yeah and a lot of adult men who could also pass like with with the emotional maturity of 13 year olds you know what yeah. I mean? And I'm considering myself as one of them. <laughs> sure, <laughs> absolutely. passing judgment and <laughs> myself identifying. You're celebrating your, your, your <laughs> fellow, people. your people. <laughs> and to Paula's point, I, I think it's, I, I will say, Marvel pulled off a 10-year crazy connected story situation where they knew that you weren't going to be able to understand the weird shit, which is this movie gets to the weird shit you wouldn't be able to understand it without like dozens of movies before that. And so there's a certain level. I feel like there's a tipping point. Like you can watch the early Iron Man's, you can watch some of the origin ones, but then they just, it's like, um, I just rewatched one of the Lord of the Rings the other day and they just say words sometimes. Yeah. There's like, Oh, you know, this thing, or like in, in Thor, like Mjolnir. And you're like, Oh, I have to know that that's the name of the, 
of the, the hammer, yeah. the hammer or whatever, or whatever, like Mithril in Lord of the Rings. And you're like, yeah, just because I'm a book nerd, I know exactly. that thing. But, but I, like, I never read the comics growing up. So like MCU is my real Lord of the Rings understanding. has a comic? No, 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 no. The MCU movies. Because like, they were comics first. Every but there probably I is a comic out. of Lord of the Rings. Oh, I'm sure. Also, like when it comes to fantasy stuff, boy, oh boy. Not only is everything hard, and I love fantasy too, but like everything's harder to understand. And the names are intentionally difficult. Impossible. And they expect you to remember every single one. Every single there's no, word. There's no reference later. They're not like, you know, back at Larderlop, parentheses, remember that one? It's yeah. Like, it's, oh. No. No, it's like, I made a naming convention for this society, and the yeah. naming convention is one letter's different. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. And Come also, on. Like, you also have to memorize everybody's dad's name. Yeah, like, like, <laughs> never meet the dead. Like, Globinglop, uh, son of Forbing Gods. And then, like, they'll talk about Forbing Gods later, and you're like, uh, okay, I don't Who the know hell him. is that? Yeah, yeah. Where's the glossary in this I have thing? not met him. Could you imagine if we did that with, like, normal modern names like steve son of bob <laughs> like, <okay. laughs> well that's like what so many last names are oh it's like henderson yeah son of hender and hender absolutely the, the lack the lack of creativity my, i mean my mom's made a name matheson literally like means son of a hat maker yeah like they were like close enough it's like that or when you find out that so many names of towns got the name because someone had visited a town with the same name like i'm from outside of rochester minnesota and it got its name because someone's like i've been to rochester new york <laughs> sounds good name it after yourself name it after your pet name it after like anything, anything you want don't just be like eh, i went to uh, this other place once yeah maybe i'm aging myself here but do you all remember when area codes had to become a thing like you could dial yes. a number and then suddenly you had to use area codes. Yes. It, it feels like that's how last names happened. Where like there weren't enough people that you knew that you yeah. needed to distinguish one oh, Steve yeah. from another Steve. But then <laughs> like, suddenly no, Steve. another Steve showed up yeah. and you were like, Are you Steve like <laughs> the hat maker's son? It's like, No, I'm Steve the shoemaker's son. And and, and it's like they they, they had to set it up for us to one day in, in elementary school be like Steve R. Yeah. Yes. Steve. Exactly. Oh. That is Kylie wild. F. That is wild you bring up. I haven't thought about the area code. I remember being like, oh, this, I because it was the first major transition as a child of like, I was like, this is going to change the world. <laughs> like, yeah, absolutely. We're going to have uh, to know nine numbers. You guys, I don't remember this happening. It, wh how, what am I just am I just still dialing numbers wrong? <laughs> am I just so young? <laughs> <laughs> no, it was I'm, like uh, so. When I remember, and Josh, maybe we're thinking. Of the, I hope we're thinking of the same thing. Like, and then we will get to this movie. But <laughs> we uh, phone numbers would be one, two, three, four, five, six, seven digits, and then yeah, they would come yep. with like an optional area code. I yes. remember it being like, oh, you could use it, and then just at some point, I remember, oh. We have to use the area codes now. Yes. Because there's too many numbers. I, yeah, I'm almost 30, and I remember this happening in elementary school enough that I knew okay. how phone numbers, it's like around the same time that you learned how to mail a letter, like yeah, how to okay. do the address. Around that time, they're like, and there's a there's a hit new remix that we're doing, and that <laughs> is that you need to put the area code at the beginning of the phone number. I think because of where I grew up, we just, we, I didn't need a, I did not need an area code until I got a cell phone. Wow. 
that wild? Hell yeah. I mean, it's Damn. so rural that, like, you pretty much oh, could have yeah. dialed, like, two. And they'd be like, well, we'll, we'll figure it out. Yeah. Damn. It was, like, it was, like, in the 80s that they stopped doing party lines there. Oh, my God. My, if you were to go back to my hometown, you would be surprised at the amount of things that have not, cut, like, progressed with modern society. Like, so many, and I swear we will get to this movie, so, so many businesses from my hometown have no websites. <laughs> Where are you from, Devin? Mount Pleasant, Pennsylvania. Oh, I knew that. Yes. Zip code 15666. Ooh. Wait. Ooh. Ooh. You have a five number zip code? Yeah. Yeah. Not area code, like not in front of your phone number, but your address. Yes, got it. My home zip code is <laughs> Massachusetts. <laughs> My home zip code, because I'm from Massachusetts, starts with a zero. Yeah. Because we're the cradle, so the cradle of America, baby. It's so yeah. wild. Whenever I have to do like uh, job stuff and like put in people's zip codes, I'm always like, God, the East Coast is where it all started. How huh? lucky. How lucky. Yeah. Well, well, let's talk about this movie because it. Um, uh, how do we feel about the movie? Uh, just general, general feelings before we get into the plot. So you know, no need to go into super detail because we'll get there. But do we like it? Do we not like it? I thought it was fun. I thought it was real fun. I also mm -hmm. did have that distinct feeling where it felt like I'd been placed down into like an alternate earth. <laughs> do you know yeah. what I mean? Like everyone else had the same experience. And then because I'm from different earth, <laughs> I, it, it just, I just wasn't like a commonality to me yeah. and they'd be saying things and you know, it's you could tell oh. it was really to get a rise out of the yeah. audience. And I was like, <laughs> have you ever been in a group setting, like at a bar or something? And then you realize at one point something happens where you realize, Oh, I'm drunker than everybody here. Yes. Like, a conversation yes. gets away from you and you're like, Oh, I'm in the woods. Yes. Yes. It was that feeling the entire movie. <laughs> How are you, Josh? Um, you know, it was fun. I don't think <laughs> it's as good as the other Ant-Man movie. I yeah. think it's it's fun. I think that, you know, Marvel never really does genre film. And side note, all I want them to do is genre film mm -hmm. in this universe. Like, they have superpowers, but you don't have to use them. It's actually a noir. Um, yeah. And so <laughs> I liked that it. it's kind of a heist film. I liked the original one. Paul Rudd is charming. So many people in this movie are great. Um, I will say, and I don't want to get too into it too quickly here. This is the, until this year, the only Marvel movie that has a female character in the name of the movie and Captain yeah. Marvel. Like it's one of the only ones with a female character in the name. Mm -hmm. I don't think it passes the Bechdel test. They, I, I remember looking up the Bechdel test, if it passed the Bechdel test when we did the first Ant-Man, and maybe, or one of them, and they passed by, like, narrow margins, like, like, you wouldn't be proud of it, you know, it's like, oh, because of one line, these two women talked about the world ending, it passes, I'm like, I yeah, I mean, that out. most of this, I think, happens through Paul Rudd impersonating a woman is like <laughs> the majority of the female identifying yeah. to female identifying dialogue. Yeah. So, I mean, it's not a cinematic masterpiece, but I do like that. He goes big and goes small. Hey, he goes so big. He goes so small. Yeah. I don't think that a fancy suit should count as a superpower. Interesting. I think that's a loser superpower. I think, um, I get what you're saying. I get where you're coming from. I hear what you're, I'm picking up what you're putting down. 
Um, and I just decided this, so I'm really not married to it. But once it came out of my yeah. mouth, and I'm not going to defend it. Look, nobody has to defend what they say. And now I'm going to get a tattoo of it. Now I'm going to get a tattoo. Now this is my core belief. Let's jump into the plot. All right. Two years after Scott Lang, and by the way, if either of you have any questions about what has preceded this, feel free to <laughs> throw them in. <laughs> feel free. And let's roll. Yeah. <laughs> Two years after Scott Lang was placed under house arrest due to his involvement with the Avengers, which by the way, Paula, I don't know if it's clear in this, he was a convicted felon, and in the first movie it opens with him getting out of prison. Um, in violation of the Sokovia Accords, Hank Pym and his daughter Hope Van Dyne briefly managed to open a tunnel to the quantum realm. I'm just realizing how confusing this would be if you hopped in right at this movie. They believed Pym's wife, Janet Van Dyne, might be trapped in there after shrinking to a subatomic level in the 19... 19- in 1987, when he had previously visited the quantum realm, Lang had unknowingly become quantumly entangled. They are with throwing Janet. the word quantum in here. Yeah. And they by the way, it. I went through a phase over quarantine because I used to want to be an astronaut, but then I threw up at one of the like a science center where I did some astronauty <laughs> thing. And then it just, uh-huh. I was so embarrassed I gave it up. Um, but then over the summer, I started reading a lot about astrophysics and I was just really into it. Cool. Which led to quantum physics because they're like, like connected quantum physics is essentially like the most insane thing you've ever heard in your life any insane theory is like proven true by the quantum realm so the fact that they just kind of throw it around in this movie makes me think they're like well yeah nobody really knows what quantum physics is so it's it kind of works that is that makes sense because it was really like uh it's really like you know when iPod started and they started adding i before everything like <laughs> yeah. like whether or not it was iPod brand yeah that's what it felt like they were doing with quantum oh absolutely like they're like quantum cereal quantum cereal <laughs> yeah yeah it's like quantum slap to the face um with <laughs> I only... do want to say go ahead going back to this like opening flashback scene what what year was this movie made Devin? This movie was made in the uh, ninth, or it was May released in June two thousand eighteen. Yeah, so this is around the time where it feels like Disney figured out that like anti aging CGI mm-hmm. that everyone went absolutely cuckoo for Cocoa Puffs for the like this yeah. and the Irishman and mm-hmm. Rogue One and like you've got just Michael <laughs> Douglas and Michelle Pfeiffer looking dewy and in their mid 40s it's and i'm only speaking for me but it is weird how much i didn't know like how seamless it seemed to me i notoriously have bad um cgi dar like i can watch something that Mm. is truly a cartoon and be like i can't believe they got him to do that um (laughs) that shrek guy is really unique (laughs) Do you see that mouse chase that cataract? You know what? I'm really glad he got a role that's so big. People (laughs) who look like that don't normally get cast. Um, (laughs) But yeah, her face, whenever it has that close-up, I was like, oh my god. It's unnerving how real it looked. Oh, yeah. I don't think I realized that was CGI. Yeah, Yeah. it's very like, hey, (laughs) (laughs) big tech and Marvel got together and they were like, the way that we're going to understand and that public is going to accept deep fakes for when we do this later is we'll put it in movies. Yeah. We'll do it now and we'll just make all the old people hot again. Not that yeah. they're not hot when they're older, but they're just hot young hot. Yeah, exactly. And, and that way we'll be able to commit crimes. Yeah. Yeah. 
can I also say mm-hmm. that it was real bold of them to be like, I know it's been like 20, 30 years, but she's still down there. <laughs> I don't want to get dark, but I'm done. You know, like I'm getting caught in the quantum realm. I'm gone. Yeah. When what it takes. I'm not, I'm not doing that. Like, what is she eating? What is she eating? What is she doing for fun? Like, how does she not pass away from boredom? How does she not like, I'm going to let one of these little tar, little, little tar beast guys. (laughs) Just go ahead and eat me up. I don't give a, what is the point? And when they find her later, she hasn't spoken English. And this is what I was thinking. She hasn't spoken English in 30 years. Do you still think in English or does your brain just become like knowing what you feel? And I'm curious if she found eyeliner down there. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I was going to say they really like they really set it up like other movies, other action movies. That's like, oh, she's down there. We got her, but she's changed. Like she's gone crazy. It's like, (laughs) nope. She's just been sitting there, mind like a steel trap, being like, if anyone ever tries to find me, if anyone, fucking anyone, even Paul Rudd, I'm long gone. I'm going to, yeah, I'm good. We'll be good, and I'll just be normal. <laughs> but I'm, plus, I'm thirty years dead, right? <laughs> plus, <laughs> I'm gonna be normal. Plus magic, yeah. Oh. Plus magic. Plus magic. What do you do for fun? You. have 30 years. You can only look at stuff for so long. Also, yeah. didn't it seem kind of wet down there? I know we're yes! already off topic, but it just, it would surprise me that she was essentially in like a Mad Max Star Wars outfit, you know, with like a scimitar. It's like, no, it Where really felt like that? it'd be dead. There, a quantum reality mall. Because, <laughs> honey, she went shopping. Yeah, she, she got, got herself the- a hairband. <laughs> Mac quantum eyeliner. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Also, what if they would have went down there and she had like the quantum realm had turned her into like a gas cloud or something? Would he have just been like, oh, (laughs) shit. So great to see you. Um, I have 15 minutes to catch up, but then I got to go back to where we can walk around. (laughs) so, So many questions before they attempt to travel to the quantum realm. Uh, with only days left on his house arrest, Lang connect, or contacts Pim and Janet despite this, their strained relationship because, and I'm, I don't know if the, they talked about it a lot in the movie, but. Over like, my head. Yeah. Like, so before this, Scott like uses the, the suit in a different movie where he like fights a bunch of Avengers. Um, he fights the Avengers? They all it's, fight each other. It's they all fight each other and he's like. Over he's politics. Always... Yeah, exactly. This is where it's one of those Sorry, things where play. Marvel really, really <laughs> Marvel is like, we are going to make a big point here. Like on this one, on this yeah. one, we are going to take a stand. Like yeah. how in that TV show they did recently where it was two dumb boys try to tackle racism in the United States. Oh, the, um, um, the Winter Soldier and the, yeah. and the Falcon. It nope. was so like, it was so uncomfortable to watch because and by the way, I loved it, but it was uncomfortable because it was like racial justice from the perspective of Disney. So everything was <laughs> so watered down that it almost were like, okay, you're kind of saying something I could get behind, but also like you're saying it in such a passive aggressive way that it doesn't mean anything anymore. <laughs> you're saying something that everyone can get behind yeah. because it's real basic. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, um, also, there was something 
actually never mind it's <laughs> not interesting and it's also not about this movie <laughs> <laughs> lang contacts pim and janet despite their strained relationship because he stole that suit and he fought a bunch of avengers hope and, and they're pim- mad about the suit they're mad about the suit because then it like it's so essentially hank pim the old dude created this suit in like the 60s or something and um it's associated with him so like when when he's scott is found with it they're like where'd you get this suit you gave this suit to this guy now you're in trouble and they're like essentially everyone's on the lamb got it he only got one suit from what i understand you know like there's only so many suits and let me ask this follow-up real fast Mm mm-hmm between uh Paul uh the Ant-Man and uh and Wasp there was some sexual tension from the mm-hmm. beginning. Yeah. Did they have a little thing? Very little in the first movie. Very like shared uh-huh. one. Uh very little, yes. very Ooh. small. And also in the first movie, <laughs> Hope's whole deal is that like she should be able she should be Ant-Man. Like she's grown up with this. She knows this technology. She's a better fighter. She's better at everything. But dad is like, not my baby girl. You got to stay on the sidelines, baby girl. Um, We'll send this ex-convict in there to die. (laughs) Essentially, I've wrapped up the whole movie for you. Uh, And then they make kisses at the end. Yeah. Because it turns out that he is the right one to do it or whatever. And she begrudgingly falls in love with him. Yeah. God bless. So there's... Um, he's on house arrest and the FBI keeps coming like using any excuse they can to bust in on him and his daughter. This little girl is so cute. She was so cute in the first one. She's so, so cute. cute in this one. Um, then he has a nightmare where he sees Janet Van Dyme in the quantum realm. And then she he calls him up. I've had many weird dreams. <laughs> I don't know that I would call up somebody who actively hates me to say like, hey, <laughs> saw your dead wife <laughs> in my sleep last night. <laughs> Just thought I'd check in. (laughs) Yeah. And also, like, he was so, he was essentially, he was essentially under quarantine. Mm -hmm. You have weird dreams. Was this his first time having a weird dream? Yes. Yes. Yeah. Scott, you got two rules. You can't (laughs) leave your house (laughs) and you can't call this fucking guy. (laughs) You literally, those are the two rules. Yeah. Yeah. Being on house arrest would be awful. I feel like we've all experienced it, and uh, some people I think would thrive in how on house arrest. I to be in quarantine and to not even be able to go to the store to get groceries. Be, going to the store to get groceries turned into such a vacation for me. Yeah, during the throes so of quarantine. luxurious. Ugh. So believing that this message is from Janet herself, as confirmation that she is alive and living in the quantum realm, they kidnap. Um, What's his face? Whose name is Scott? Paul Rudd. Yeah, they kidnap Paul Rudd, who, by the way, has was just announced as sexiest man alive. There we go, bud. A the man for him. Age. I Good know. For him. I uh, have a theory about this that also, like, Pharrell doesn't age either. No. That Pharrell was Mozart and Beethoven. He was all of those mm. people. He's an everlasting, <laughs> immortal being. Same as Paul Rudd. Same thing. Many <laughs> actors throughout all of time yeah. when we don't have pictures of them were Paul That's a good theory. They go away for like a hundred years. They yeah. kind of like mm-hmm. fade into obscurity a little bit. They go away yeah. for a hundred years and then they just come back. Yes, I exactly. Like yeah. When the world needs them most. <laughs> <laughs> Happy starts They are playing. an Avenger. <laughs> yeah. 
Um, they arranged. They go to the quantum realm. (laughs) (laughs) That was my impression of the quantum realm. (laughs) (laughs) So then they arrange to. They need to arrange to buy all this equipment so that they can like build this go kart that goes like small. It's like a tiny submarine. Um, they arrange to buy the parts needed for the tunnel from the black market dealer Sonny Birch. But Birch, okay, let's talk about my yeah. guy, fucking Walton Goggins. <laughs> I didn't even need to look it up. I know it's my guy. <laughs> you know him from Justified. Oh, of course. You know him from he's in fucking everything. The man has a the best forehead in Hollywood. He was in the Shield, right? I think so. I'm gonna have to look it up. I believe he was in the Shield, um, with. God, let me just look it up. But yeah, I was really interested in knowing how do you just, they're like, oh, we got to go get these parts. Let's call the black market. There's no intro. I mean, these are just like well-meaning individuals prior to this, but then they're immediately like, no, 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 no. I do know a guy who sells weapons on the black market. <laughs> connect I us to a, Yeah. And then for the, they show up and he's like, so quantum technology, huh? I studied I, I read so much about astrophysics and quantum. There's no way any random person has any idea how quantum physics works. It's the most complicated science known to man. And he's like, uh-huh. quantum physics, I could get into that. I do that and I own a restaurant. <laughs> <laughs> I can do it all. <laughs> yeah. Oh, wild. He owned that restaurant, right? Um, Y'all, I think I'm so. Pulling, I think so. I, I think, think so. The wrong things from these scenes. Well, no, 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 no. Because I here's the thing. We... That is just as clear as the rest of the movie. <laughs> he could own it. He's mad he about not. the chandelier, right? He he's was upset there. about the chandelier. I, he just kind of walked in like, you know, with a certain je ne sais quoi. Yeah. He's yeah. ordering off menu. <laughs> you know, he owns a place. He's walking in the, uh, he's like pulling tickets from the kitchen, being like, what's the hold up? <laughs> <laughs> Let's get a bread basket. Yeah. We get our first fight scene with, um, the wasp or Janet? How do we fe- how do we feel about this? Was this entertaining? Was this fun? <laughs> I'm gonna be honest. I was Please there do. was so much happening that I mean I was really like having having a difficult time following. <laughs> you were like, oh my god, I, she's so tiny. <laughs> I was still trying to figure out like where's when's the wasp coming in? Is this a bad guy from a different movie? <laughs> Like she's swinging around. Then I thought there were two people in matching suits, and there wasn't. Like, <laughs> what a scene to like be your introduction. Yeah, but uh, but then um, then the spooky lady came in. I like that. Spooky lady is my girl. I love a ghost. Yeah, she looks so cool. She kind of has like a weird like slow motion, fast motion thing. It's very cool. But can I say this introduces a problem for me that I don't know if is if this is the entire universe the mcu if you will Mm -hmm. they need to announce the names (laughs) i didn't know that she was ghost until the end when david said yeah ghost was cool she was named the ghost the whole time she was named the ghost the whole time i have no idea and here's the other thing i as somebody who read some of the comics like sometimes i don't need to hear the names but you were completely right they never say the names they never say people's 
not only do they not say people's like superhero names, they don't even say their real names. No. They just walk I, in knowing each other. They just know everything. I want them to walk in and go, that lady, <laughs> I guess I would call her ghost. And then like <laughs> a beat, <laughs> it sinks in. And then every so often they go, that lady? And someone goes, you mean ghost? And then I would like, no. Yeah. Or like an extra from the back as it's all the like a, a chef in the kitchen's like, she's like a ghost. <laughs> yes. What about a like a VH1 behind the music kind of like little <laughs> tile that shows up? It's like this one. This is the ghost. <laughs> to learn more, use your Roku remote. As they're fighting, there's like little bubbles of things. Yeah. Ghost was introduced in the comics in 1984. I would love that. Yeah. I think I would love that in every show. But they don't do it for the wasp. They don't do mm -hmm. it for a single person. We've paid thousands and thousands of dollars to take a rough class. We've paid thousands and thousands of dollars <laughs> to take improv classes, right, gang? Yes. Um, what's the like first thing that they teach you about when someone enters a scene? Name, so name them, name them. <laughs> Just I brought name them. There was another. We were doing some other episode of this where somebody mentioned like, I don't know anybody's names here, and I said, I was like, if we have to name someone in a three-minute scene. You got to let me know who I'm coming back to watch in the sequel. Absolutely. <laughs> Absolutely. Here comes Hope, a.k.a. The Wasp. <laughs> well, Her favorite like... color is blue. She has no <laughs> children and kissed Scott, a.k.a. Ant-Man, once. <laughs> now we can begin. <laughs> yeah. Oh, so funny. How, Josh, how about you? Did you like this fight scene where they are all big and small with the ghost? And... So here's the thing. I thought it was badass i thought it was cool i think it's fun to add another kind of additional villain to the whole thing yeah though is she a villain is she not unclear well, yeah, ghost i mean um to name ghost um here's the thing about the ant-man movies though is that they're best when no one's competent yeah like they're more <laughs> fun when things aren't competent like i am very proud of this incredibly competent skilled uh like trained hope Mm -hmm. wasp character like good fucking for her she should be ant-man yeah but like they simultaneously are so goofy and it's best when they do the like oh something small went big or something big went yeah. small not like i actually planned this out it's like the pez dispenser or like in the first movie where there's this big like oh no moment and they zoom out and it's just a train like yeah. a toy train hitting a track and it's like it it makes fun of itself yeah. And so when they get so serious about it, I think it sometimes is like, cool, great. This is preamble. And it, it almost like <laughs> diminishes the importance of that character, I guess. And it's so really, it, it's a weird superpower to take very, very serious. Yeah, right. <laughs> you make tiny things big and big things tiny, but never crack a smile. And, and yeah. the wasp's only other ability is that she can fly, right? She can fly and she can... Well, this was my... One of the things I'm so interested about these two being like a duo. Yeah. Scott just gets big and small. Yeah. She gets big and small. She can fly. And she has like what are called her stingers or like something like... They called it something like a stinger in the movie where it just like shoots things. So she, she's got a brist, uh, bracelet that, that shoots shit. I didn't even see the stuff that she... <laughs> she can fly. Scott's got to like call an ant who can fly and like hitch a ride every time he needs to get anywhere <laughs> yeah. is wild to me um well it's just a classic like you know the meme with the like uh like comedian boyfriend supermodel girlfriend mm -hmm. kind of thing it's just that yeah. but as yeah. a movie yeah 
Don't want to talk about the weather or the pandemic? Me either. No Wrong Answers, Non-Burning Questions to Kickstart Conversations is a conversation card game where you can ask life's least pressing but most important questions. Why talk about vaccine rates when you could debate questions like which cereal mascot would be the best kisser? Or you own a boutique candle shop. What is your least popular scent? These are the burning questions you should be asking. This card game is created by two of my friends, my personal friends, Paula Skaggs and Josh Linden. Yes, I have friends talented enough to create a card game. And if you love me, you love them and you'll love this game. No Wrong Answers is a deck of 70-plus conversation starters that you'll come back to and debate over and over again. This is great for dinner parties. It's great for Zoom happy hours, first dates, classrooms, prison visits, fast food drive throughs It literally, there's no place that these conversation starters won't work. Holidays are right around the corner somehow. And this would make a great gift. It would make a great thing to put out on the table to, you know, generate conversation between you and your family. You know how hard it is to catch up after you haven't seen each other in the year. What, are you going to talk about the fact that you share blood? No. You're going to reach for one of these cards and you're going to get the conversation started. And... If it doesn't get better than that, a portion of the proceeds go to the Greater Chicago Food Depository. I mean, come on. Listeners can use the code TRIDENT for 10% off of their purchase. Go to NoWrongAnswersGame.com. Once again, NoWrongAnswersGame.com. And use TRIDENT for 10% off your purchase. I mean, come on, y'all. This is fun talk and... Not small talk. It is wild. Um, I, I liked this. Because I, I remember thinking, like, I don't know if she really has a fight scene in this. Like, they bring her in and she doesn't do much. I really like this opening fight scene. I like the... the it, it is best. You're right, Josh. It is best when it's comedic. Like, when she turns that salt shaker really big. I'm like, that's so funny. I just want to see big shit. Like, I just want to see shit get big. Yes, yes. Yeah. And I like that she gets big and small so fast. Yeah. Yeah, like her driving the car is great. Yeah, that where was she fun. can like oh, yeah. put it in, you know, the stick shift makes the car big and small yes. and all that kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. So good. So they also ran- Marvel makes all tech look like so fucking tech. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like mm-hmm. it's like, oh, I need this thing that looks like a huge floppy disk. Yeah. But it's- future style. It's got a handle. It's floppy yeah. disks. I you remember- can hold it. I remember when I went to school, so I grew up poor. But when I went to college, I was going to get a laptop because I had to. First of all, this is so humiliating. We were so poor that my parents sent me to college with a desktop computer that was was running Windows 1998 on it. Oh, no. And it was 2008. <laughs> so I had to get a laptop eventually. Yeah. I knew it was going to happen, but I knew I was going to have to pay for it myself. And I really wanted at the time, because I was so, I had no technology in my house. I wanted a tough book, which was like a laptop sold for men in the army. It was like real big so that it could withstand. <laughs> Where it like looks like yeah. a it, but just briefcase. Like, yeah, big, you could, like, chunky drop it. technology to me seemed so cool. Uh-huh. Um, and that's what this little, it reminds me of that. It's like built, it's like sturdy. It's like a yeah. sturdy hard drive. Did you mm-hmm. get your, did you get your tech book? No, I got like a Dell normal laptop because yeah. I, you didn't eventually have to take somebody it to along war. the way was like, that is not cool. You're just poor. And I was like, oh, cool, 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 cool. Okay, okay, okay. 
take me, show me your ways. <laughs> <laughs> I bet those textbooks people. are expensive. Oh, yeah. Right? Uh, anyway. Who knows? Um, but that's what it looked like. It was like big, sturdy. It had like rubber guards yeah. on it and stuff. God bless. She was like smacking people with it. <laughs> I thought we came here to get that. <laughs> yeah. and, and also, let me clarify something that I don't think, and maybe I was looking down. Maybe I was playing my little game that's kind of like Tetris, but it's not Tetris, you know. Yeah. The, the, the block everybody was very upset about. That's the lab. Oh, the big block? Yeah. Yes. Later in the movie, they shrink the whole building down. Okay, and that's what everyone was real fired up about. Yeah. So, so we are to believe that everything in whatever they want to shrink, they can. Everything is shrunk down. There's not like it's shrunk down and then like the diet coke cans just like right yeah. <laughs> No, 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 no. I and think diet coke's they... like we didn't give ourselves that. <laughs> if they shrink the outside of it, the whole thing shrinks. Got it. Okay, and that details that again. My second watching, I think. Will be also, though, does that make a lot of sense? <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> I guess by that same thought logic, though, is like if I were to shrink myself, but my spleen stayed the same size. Yeah. Maybe like coming out of my mouth and stuff. But your, you know, yeah. your clothes also shrink with it. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Absolutely. It's like you haven't selected all. And yeah. Just one thing didn't get copied and pasted. Thing, um, although, also could be a great fighting style like if i could like hit you with a dart and your heart enlarges oh okay that's the next one what would you a grinch dart Ooh. Grinch. <laughs> uh, pim reluctantly helps or takes hope and lang to visit the estranged former partner bill foster i did not think this needed to be a part of this movie but just uh, as we go through uh who gives them a way to locate the lab after they find it Ghost captures the trio and reveals herself to be Ava Starr. Her father, Elias, was another one of Pym's former partners who died along with his wife during an experiment that caused an unstable state. Foster enters and reveals that Ava is dying and in constant pain as a result of her condition. They plan to cure her with Janet's quantum energy, believing that it will kill Janet. Pym refuses to help them escape. So this section of the movie makes no fucking sense. It makes no <laughs> sense. It makes cuz the Mar- <laughs> Marvel changes stuff from the comics all the time. I'm like make her your daughter. That's that is exactly yeah, right. that was such an like such an enormous level of confusion for me. Yeah, make like, her your daughter that like is experience some side effect of something you were experimenting on and now you have you're personally yes. compelled yeah and make it pim's fault yeah. because then yes. you're still the villain but yeah there's like three degrees away from like they're telling an adoption story like unless that person's going to be a major character in a later movie which maybe they were banking on doesn't make any sense it- also i'm sorry folks i have to ask this if she phases through everything how does she stay on the ground? How does her feet work? I know. Who, who knows? Who knows? Who you can knows? literally, they show a flashback of this like EMT being like, I'll carry you out of here. And his hands go through her to signify that she's in constant like quantum flux or whatever. But like, how, why does gravity work? Yeah, it's, it's really not good. Also, also, 
she she appears to kind of want to be normal, right? And she yeah. was kind of pulled into being a little bad, a little evil mm-hmm. to get this quantum thing she needs. Why is she wearing an all white little outfit? Like she's leaning into this ghost thing. Yeah, Do you know what I, I mean? Like yeah. it feels like she was like, all right, if I'm going to do it, I'll wear a little costume. Yeah. <laughs> they were like, okay, we're going to build you a suit that can kind of like keep you together. Do you want it to look like a business suit or maybe like a track suit? And she's like, no, 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 no. I'm <laughs> Let's go full Star Wars on this. Ghost me up. Yeah. She also, she also looked like everybody in Dune. Like, now that Dune has come out, I was like, oh, maybe they're connected. Oh. Okay. Sorry. So the outfit was keeping her together? L- yes. Somewhat. All right. They, all right. they kind of mentioned, like, all she has is this outfit. In this chamber she sleeps in. And without that, she'll just, like, wither away into nothingness. <laughs> okay. I was like, okay. Also, like, I didn't care for Bill Foster. I mean, God, I love that actor. But I was like, yeah. you're so shoehorned in here. It makes yeah. no sense. Yeah. Also, you're only in here at the parts of the movie where I don't want you to be here. It's like right when I'm like, oh, something good's going to happen. And then he comes up with so- yeah. some monologue about God knows what. Yeah, this Quantum. is a good example of... Once Marvel gets enough clout, everyone in Hollywood wants to be a part of it. And so they just have a lot of people who are overqualified for the job (laughs) that they're in. Like, you don't need Lawrence Fishburne in this movie. (laughs) Like, let me just read real fast just the names of people who are in this movie. Yeah. Paul Rudd. Mm -hmm. Evangeline Lilly. God bless. Michael Pena. Seems nice. Walton Goggins, my boy. Mm-hmm. Bobby Cannavale, <laughs> which he's great. We'll get to him in a moment. <laughs> Judy Greer, Ti. I did think Bobby Cannavale was uh, was playing like the brother from Everybody Loves Raymond. <laughs> that felt a little confusing to me too. <laughs> Michelle Pfeiffer, Lawrence Fishburne, Michael Douglas. How many? There's a lot of Oscars just in this it's movie. Unbelievable. Michael Severus is Elias Star. Yeah. Broadway star Michael Severus is the random character we wanted to cut out of this movie. It's <laughs> it is wild. Also, in the original or in the first one, um, so Judy Greer and uh, Scott Lang are ex uh, husband and wife. They share a daughter. Yeah, the daughter that, is Judy Greer's. Yeah, I don't know if that's clear in this. In wait, this one. wait, can you repeat that? <laughs> Judy Greer was originally married to um, to Paul Rudd. Right. And the first movie is about Paul went to prison, so they got a divorce, and now she's remarried to Bobby uh, Cannavale, which, to really blow the socks off of you, Paula, the first movie is all about how much they hate Scott because Scott can't get his act together until they find out he's a superhero. And then all of a sudden they were like, we're his number one defender. <laughs> yeah. Wow. Bobby Cannavale is a cop. Yeah. Who's trying to hunt down Scott. He, that, and that did not play out at all because it was a real, it was a real bumbling kind of like Kramer energy from him <laughs> the entire time. It is so, it's so disjointed from the first one in certain ways. In certain ways, it picks up right where it left off. Like when it comes to the three of them, Scott, Hope, and and, um, Hank, 
you just feel like, oh, okay, this is literally like you could watch these back to back. These guys are know what's going on. Everything happening around them is like bizarro Baffling. world. Yeah. I I fully did not know that Judy Greer was the mo- it took I had to ask. I thought that that was his brother. Mm-hmm. And I thought like they for some reason have the daughter because he's on house arrest. Like Yeah. They really They really botched the um wow. Yeah, it is so wild that you can't really pick these movies up. I always say like, oh, no, no, you can jump in anywhere. I've been proven so wrong on so many episodes. <laughs> Maybe there's some that are like really good entryways. I think if you go in, and also this is kind of how I go into most Marvel movies. If you go in just thinking like, I don't really care what happens in this. Yeah. Or like, oh, yeah, we're just going to see some people hit each other. Then yeah. mm, something's going to, the music's going to swell. Ride. Mm-hmm. Um. So they're running around looking for this thing. Oh, they're captured. They get out of the capture by, like, blowing up big ants. Um, and I, this is another thing. And I overall liked this movie. But this whole scene in this guy's living room and his 70s, like, recessed, two-step-down living room, I don't think the ants are scary. They don't oh. scare me. Even if they're huge. I'm like, okay. They're an ant. Hit it like, with a shovel or something. <laughs> yeah, like, they're not... <laughs> particularly threatening. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think that the thing for me is like in the the original Ant-Man, they like, again, it's tongue in cheek. They're like, we know this is ridiculous. What a ridiculous premise for a superhero. Like, <laughs> yeah. that's why we got a comedian to do this. Like, haha, wink, wink, <laughs> yeah. whatever. It's like he's ants and a bunch of ant puns and like, what a wild ride, guys. And then in this one, they're like, it's fucking canon. <laughs> like you shouldn't already know about the ants. Oh. Like we're all cool with the ants. You, we, yeah, we're not talking about the ants again. We've already yeah. talked about the ants. Also, but to, to jump back just one moment, whenever she picks him up, when she kidnaps him at the beginning of the movie, why is her car small? Just for visual effect. I yeah, think. like they zoom out. Yeah. And they're like, oh, by the way, this ride that could have taken 10 minutes, it's taken three hours because I shrunk us down to a matchbox. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Um, Pim rel- uh, helps. So believing that this will kill Janet, Pim refuses to help, and then they escape Hope Lang with the lab. Opening a stable version of the tunnel, Pim, Hope, and Lang are able to connect with Janet who gives them a precise location to find her, but warns that they only have two hours before the unstable nature of the realm separates them from for a century. Using a truth serum, Birch locates the truth. Okay, so they Birch, who's back all of a sudden, the guy who owns the uh, restaurant is all of a sudden like a villain again um, <laughs> with a truth serum that he's like getting from Scott's friends. And that's an unrealistic, per- like an unrealistic... Uh- display of what it's like to own a small business in America. Do you know what I mean? Like you do not have time to run a restaurant and like be chasing down <laughs> these like quantum. And it seems a su- 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 eh. it seems like a successful restaurant. Yeah. Like this guy's busy. Let him work. Yeah. He doesn't need to understand quantum physics. And on the other side of that small business that it's a bunch of ex-cons, this great example of Marvel again trying to do social commentary. I wrote down this line they say at one point, do you know how hard it is for ex-cons to get work? Yeah. <laughs> and they just throw it out there. <laughs> it's it's like, I'm imagining someone just saying like, do you know how hard it is for ex-cons to get work? And they're just staring. Yeah. And staring. 
and staring. The worst person at a dinner party. <laughs> and what's so funny about it is in the first movie, the movie that's so much sillier and more fun and like takes itself so much. They do a good job of like Scott gets out of prison. He can only get a job at like Baskin Robbins. And then the yeah. boss brings him into the back and says like, found out you're a convict. But what you did, because he like, his whole thing is like he Robin Hooded the place. He like stole from a bunch of rich people and then gave it out to all the employees or something. And he goes through this whole monologue of like, I think what you did was so cool. You're like my idol. I love you. I I do need to fire you. But take a free slushie on your way out. That was more impactful than like when they're like, long cigarette drag. <laughs> do you know what it's like? <laughs> out on these <laughs> so dumb also um i i love paul rudd i think he's very funny he's very talented also well-deserved very very sexy man yeah him being a woman him trying to be janet van dyne <laughs> was the most humiliating thing <laughs> i have ever <laughs> I'm not even one. I'm not. Uh, while I am gay, I'm not a gay who feels like oh, every gay role should go to gay actors or anything. I feel like if 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 gay in, if gay actors can get roles, then if it's a player if it's a fair playing field, then yes. Seeing Paul Rudd pretend to be a woman made me feel like nobody should ever ever get cast in anything that remotely stretches them ever because that was the most humiliating thing. <laughs> All of a sudden, like, his his shoulders, like, started touching in the middle. And, like, everything he did, his arms went up and down. Like, up and, like, yeah. I have to enter. I have to. Like, it was so. Which was not at all how she spoke. Not at no. all how she spoke. Not at all how she moved. She was, like, a cool badass from deep, <laughs> small space. Also, it's. It it just drove me insane. I had to fast forward through because I couldn't. When he was like holding their hands and stuff, I was like, "Oh, don't touch him! He's so embarrassing." <laughs> <laughs> I couldn't take it. Oh, but yeah, and that ugh, it was just so bad. Um, they use so much CGI in these movies, and yet they chose to be like mm, Paul Rudd. Go for it. Just also, fucking take. You got this, this take. bud. Or it's like, give her like an easy to do accent or something. You yeah. know what I mean? Like, give her like a slight like Midwest accent or something. And then like, okay, Paul, when when you're Hope, just like lay on a little bit of an accent. Like lay on a yeah. little Midwest accent and then that's it. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. But he like reaches out. He like leans in and reaches over and like brushes their cheek and stuff. Yes. And I was like. I'm gonna throw up. I can't <laughs> look at this. It's like it's like a music video, like a poorly conceived music yeah, video. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's like in an improv scene where somebody introduces you as a girlfriend, and That's then instead exactly of just playing the girlfriend, you immediately are like, "This is my time to shine as a woman." Isn't it so funny that I'm a woman right here? <laughs> You're like, absolutely, <laughs> one beat away. From from Paul Rudd being like, sorry, I'm PMSing right now, but it's my period. <laughs> like, like, Paul, bring it home. Come on, Stop. come on, bud. Oh, yeah, it was wild. <laughs> so they they figure out how to do this, and then they find out that um, 
Michael Pena calls and says, hey, remember when you told me to keep that secret? Well, I didn't, and the feds are on the way. And this is, it was interesting because I felt so embarrassed by him at one point. And then the next scene, I felt so bad for him. I was like, you just fucked these people up. They're about to get their, like, wife and mother back. And they <laughs> now they got to go on the run because of you? Like, oh, boy, my heart. Oh. I immediately had the most sympathy for him after turning on him. And then I was like, oh, no, my Wins God. Back. That's a These movies, they're about, they're about family. <laughs> it's about, it's just about two family. It's about families. <laughs> you got the Paul Rudd family where he's stuck with them and he wants to see him. You got yeah. the Pym family. With there, it's just a strange. Actually, no, yeah, it's all about estranged families. It's three estranged families. Do we get it? <laughs> <laughs> it's wild. Um, Hope and Pim are arrested by the FBI, uh, allowing Ava to take the lab. Lang is soon able to help Pim and Hope. Escape. Can I jump in here for a moment? Please, please do, please. Yeah. Um. Now I was watching this, and they have this fun little convention where, and I thought this was good where the lab is actually a suitcase where like it can shrink down it's got a handle and like mm -hmm. the lab can be wheeled around so i wanted to pose this to you folks what, what building would you want to shrink as a suitcase <laughs> uh trump tower and throw it right in the river <laughs> right in there if i was actually gonna for to really to honestly answer your question um there is a building in Chicago that is, I don't know if it would make a great suitcase. The Wrigley building right on. Oh, it's so uh, pretty. It's so gorgeous. And I would just keep it on my desk. I would like shrink it down. Weight. People inside, because we know the people shrink inside. <laughs> yeah. And I would keep them all and I would bar the doors. Yep. And I would just look at them every day. <laughs> Hi, people. Your little Sims. <laughs> <laughs> See, my answer to this was a multifunctional, like, three flat. You know what I mean? Where you've got, like, mm -hmm. a nice apartment on the top and a bodega on the ground floor. Like, you want some retail down <laughs> yep. there so that you can just get an egg sandwich whenever you want to. You just blow it all up or you bring yourself down. You get yeah. your egg sandwich. You say hi to the guy behind the counter. And then you go back <laughs> upstairs. You've got an office if you need it. If you need to have another shower or a breakout room, you just kind of, like, whoop, and it becomes a, a new yeah. building. Yeah. Yeah, I feel like mine would be pretty aligned with that, especially with the price of hotel rooms these days. <laughs> <laughs> you know? <laughs> that thing's going to pay for itself with that quantum technology. Speaking of things that weird... So we skipped over this. I can't believe I didn't remember it. There's a scene in here where uh, Scott's sort of like suit malfunctions, and he's not quite short, but he's not quite tall when mm. he's in that school. Yeah. That is funny. Something about his weird per... <laughs> that was so funny to That me. was a good one, yeah. His it weird was, little movements as he ran. It was so, like, when he's hopping down those steps, oh, I could watch a whole movie that's just that. I'm stuck at this size, and I have to go get something. <laughs> it's not, honey, I drunk the kids. It's, honey, I'm stuck at this size. <laughs> <laughs> that's my everyday. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, so Lang is um, Lang is soon able to help Pim and Hope escape custody, and they find the lab. Lang and Hope distract Ava while Pim enters the quantum realm to retrieve Janet, whom he finds alive, alive and, and glamorous, thriving, <laughs> alive and living 
her best. She's glowing. She looks she so good a... with that white hair. Oh, so good. Yeah, she's got a skin routine going on down there. I remember Actually, me... the quantum realm is great for your skin. Yeah. <laughs> it's great for complexion. Incredible. <laughs> Different <I> outfit. <laughs> I remember in the theaters being like, she looks so cool. Why wasn't she in the whole movie? Like, they should yeah. have found her at the beginning, and then she could be shooting this quantum shit all over the place. Yeah, this is what I've been saying. The she, Michelle Pfeiffer is overqualified. She's so for her good. ten minutes of screen time. They're coming out with a third one next year. Another or the year Ant-Man? after another Ant Man. The year after next year or something. I hope this one's Ant Man and the Mom. I hope so too, because she <laughs> is so cool. Yeah. Anyway. They um then they have this whole fight scene at the end where they're trying to it's all it's about catch the um you know catch the lab as yeah uh, what's his face is down there. Did you all catch um and I put down the timestamp here as I was taking notes at uh, one hour and eleven minutes and fifty one seconds. Uh, one of the goons by the restaurateur, uh, one of those guys, he's just sitting there sucking on his he's just sucking on his necklace. Just sitting there in the van, just like he was like, I'm gonna make a bold character choice right here. You know how like most directors say, like, make I want you to make a choice that is so big that I have to tell you to tone it down, not yeah. like something subdued. He's just yeah. sitting there, he's got a fucking gold chain in his mouth, just like this is my whole fucking character. I don't have lines in this movie. I'm well, not the guy okay. with the truth serum, I'm the other guy. That is so funny. A question now. If you were an extra in this movie, if you're one of the goons, mm. what's going to be your bold character thing? I'm tap dancing the entire time. <laughs> <laughs> you look over and it's clear that my character is not good, but she took a couple lessons. And she's trying to get better. <laughs> like just everything's happening. And if, if they're talking about something else and I don't have to be listening, I'm working on that shuffle. I'm working on the four step. <laughs> I think I would, and maybe this is, I would have a tarot deck with me, and anytime we were about to do something, <laughs> or somebody said something, I would pull one card, and I wouldn't describe it. I would just have a reaction to it. So I would just pull it and be like, <gasps> <gasps> I was thinking that I'd be in the background of most of these scenes, and just whatever was said last, I'd be like, hmm, makes a good point. Make the <laughs> makes a face. It's like, oh, well, I can see logic in that. Uh, Josh, it'd be fun if if it's clear that you keep kind of stepping between the two. Like you're like, yeah, right, I'll exactly. change sides. <laughs> I'm in the background in every shot. Oh, just like, hmm. This Ant Man really knows what he's talking about, huh? <laughs> Oh, this chase scene is so cool at the end. I mean, I liked it a lot. I like when he's big and he's like using that thing as a scooter. Mm-hmm. Um, I I thought what uh, Hope was really cool where she's zipping in and out of these things. Ghost was really cool. I thought um, it was very fun with the whale when they were like, it's a whale and it wasn't. That was fun. Oh, so fun. Also like brought to you by Visit San Francisco. Yeah, absolutely. All the sites, every single San Francisco spot. <laughs> it was wild. When they well, had th- that... This franchise is at its best in these kinds of scenes. The like, oh, yeah. you take a, a classic kind of action movie scene, and they're like, "We're gonna do that big and small sight gag shit again." Yeah, just <laughs> inject it straight into my veins. Fifty cc's of a yeah. huge Pez dispenser. And this was so fun. It, it's so it's wonderful. And something I've said before in this podcast, and if you watch Shang Chi, it really is the oh, shining star of this, which is Marvel can tell 
their best story in the middle of a fight scene. Like they somehow have an ability because mm. they somehow have an ability to have a fight scene that progresses the story along that makes you feel like, oh, we're not just watching a fight scene to figure out what happens at the end. Like there are things happening within the fight scene that'll that'll pay off. And it worked really, really well here where it's cutting back and forth between um, Hank in the quantum realm, which was gnarly. Um and all, like all the back and forth with this damn suitcase. Totally agreed. Also, how do any of these people ever do anything in this universe? How are they ever comfortable anywhere? Like the, the regular of, people? Yeah, like with the amount of things that happen around them. Like, oh, oh yeah. damn, a 90-foot tall man is here. This is oh, what I'd I'm talking so about. Good. I want genre film. I just want Seinfeld in the Marvel Cinematic Universe. <laughs> yeah. I just want them. Just one day they're like... He's like, there's a hole in the middle of the city. <laughs> like that's all they just They're like walking it. around it to go to brunch. Like yeah, yeah right. Exactly. Oh. This is really gonna fuck up my day. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> and is right. the train still running or they reroute that too? Yeah. 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 <laughs> there's like in a parking garage and one guy's in a super suit. Like someone blasts through. Yeah. For real. Or like they go through some like office building, everybody's sitting in a board meeting, and all of a sudden a superhero flies and they're like does this mean we get to go home? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> no work around it. It did. It barely touched anybody's desks. Yeah. <laughs> oh, damn it. <laughs> so essentially they get the, I mean, it all works out in the end. They save, mm-hmm. um, they save Janet. She comes out through and she does this bizarre thing where she immediately like, and also Ava keeps saying like, it feels like I'm being, every cell in my body is being ripped apart and put back together again over and over. I'm like, that sounds fucking awful. And then P- Janet comes out and unexplained to the audience <laughs> as to why this would happen. We have no, nobody said like, the longer she's down there, it alters your DNA. They've said nothing. They didn't even like, know it changes you. Did say very quickly, I've changed down here, and that is not what I was expecting. Yeah, it, it, I thought but, she meant like, you know, I don't it, like you anymore or something. Exactly, and then also I'm like, oh, she's changed down here. What a interesting time to introduce this with five <laughs> minutes left. This major plot point, um, and she just like heals this girl. Yeah. Yeah, it would have been more believable if she just unhinged her jaw and eaten her. <laughs> <laughs> She turned I, into one of those dust mites and like. Yeah. <laughs> I do also think that it was a more intimate between the mom and Ava than it was between the mom and the daughter she hasn't seen for thirty years. That... The mom and the daughter was like, "Hey, I guess Paul, I guess Scott already said hi for me." <gasps> Go. I guess Scott like, already said. What? Yeah. 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 Evangeline Lilly is absolutely getting them checks. Is the thing about this movie? She's just yeah. stacking bills. In this movie. And I don't know if you saw the promo videos ever Um, for this when it first came out. They like did the ads and things like that. And they did this fun thing where they just like let Paul Rudd be Paul Rudd Mm -hmm. with the two of them just doing like, hey, we're in this movie coming up or whatever. And it's just goofy and he's charming. Evangeline Lilly looked like she wanted to be there zero percent the entire time in these promo videos. And that's what I remember most about this movie. I saw it at the time and I remember more, not the plot of this movie, but the fact that I was like, oh, she is not, she's, she's does not she like does Paul Rudd. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> she's not in it. She, they also give her nothing but lines where she was, she's like, 
we can't do that. This is not fun. I don't want to be here. You've ruined my <laughs> life. I'm like, yeah. also let her like have a little fun. Yeah, yeah. yes and. Yeah, yeah, let her shoot something and be like, hell yeah, baby. <laughs> <laughs> now I'm big. And now I'm small. <laughs> oh. And then, and this is the last question I have. So we, the, oh my God, my dog. Um, we, di- okay, Paula, did you watch the end credit scene or any scenes at all after the end of the movie? Yes, I watched through. What did you think was happening when they're by the van? No, I had, I, I, I mean, I did have to have David explain it to me. <laughs> I had no no idea. <laughs> I had no idea. I thought they left and it was like the smoke from them running so fast. <laughs> like a Scooby like Doo. <laughs> like Scooby Doo, they were in midair. When you mentioned that like nothing made sense in this movie, I was like, oh, this is the movie where they like are zapped at the end. Oh, yeah. damn. That is so funny. Now, did we? Now, I understand it has something to do with the Benedict Cumberbatch. Did yeah. you know that if you watched, did that movie come out before this movie came out? That movie came, so this was released in a very weird spot. Okay. We all knew, if you were a fan of these, you knew they were leading to this two-part like finale of all these stories that have been building for 10 years. One is Infinity War, that was the first one. That came out, and then there were two movies in the middle of that, or like after that, before the real finale of Endgame. So at the- so Marvel's done. No, they're they're gonna no. go forever. They're gonna go until nobody will watch and pay to watch them anymore. Okay, so it's not really. It's like a light finale. It's a light finale, but I I don't same people. A, yeah, same people. Some new people. Okay. Some old people. Uh, okay. Yeah, they kind of did like phases where they were like, "This is the big moment for this arc," and then Got now they basically they've indoctrinated people enough right now. They're like, "This shit isn't weird anymore." Got it. Like this yeah. shit is like. This is this is like a dare gateway drug oh. to the like trippy shit that they're releasing now. Yeah. And Paula, they're now on to shows too. So not only do you need to go to the movies, you gotta watch these six episode series because freaks like me are chomping at the bit to get more. I'm like more. Well, I'm reading fan theories. I'm like, I'm so invested, I've been here for twelve <gasps> years. I'm like, it's unbelievable that I am a cult member at this point. No, I love the it. The only I reason we're not talking. Fun. Sorry. No, I was just saying I can see how it's like very fun, but but I was completely lost. It's yeah. the same level of conspiracy theory as like we're recording this a week after uh, Red Taylor's version came out. Uh, oh, it's yeah. the same level now, of like that language I, I speak. <laughs> okay, can we talk about this for one moment? Yes. Because I've been dying to talk to somebody about this. Ta- for anybody listening, this we're recording this about a week after Taylor Swift released her tell-all music video and re-release of her song that's essentially about her three-month relationship with Jake Gyllenhaal and how he, like, still has her scarf. Um, Who, Jake Gyllenhaal, is also in the MCU. (laughs) He is. (laughs) We're pulling it all in. This saga is both fascinating to me and very upsetting and annoying to me. Yes. On any given moment, I am tossed between like, what a fucking jerk. Like, this guy is a psychopath holding on to this. And also t- between like, you're a 20-year-old rich, beautiful girl who has is absolutely famous and you're 
so upset over a three-month relationship that you're bringing it up 10 years later? It feels, that is exactly the feeling I have. I mean, I love Taylor. I love the album. It's starting to feel like a little bit like one of her friends. Selena Gomez needs to pull her aside and be like, hey, girl. (laughs) Hey. You know that TikTok noise? we need to talk about. Yeah, it's that. Someone needs to be like, you've had you've date you're dating someone else and this kind of feels a little bit like you're not over it's, Nick- i Nolan. don't know how to feel about at any given moment i can be team taylor or team i'm not even that team that guy i'm more so team like team get over it yeah yeah because like there's some exes that she has like kind of a fun little wink and a nod like the yeah. jonas brother yeah she's like oh, weren't we young and fun Ooh. yeah i would argue on this one that this is a fandom thing so yeah. I don't know how much Taylor actually cares or doesn't about yeah. this potential relationship. And that's true. That's true. And this song was written, the 10-minute version was written as the first cut of this of this song back that in the makes day. Sense. That makes so sense. it's just like, and so it was revealed through some sort of interview at one point that she was like, Yeah, there's a 10-minute version where I say the F word. And since then. The fandom has been like, give us the F word version. We need the F word version. You better work, <laughs> <fans>. <laughs> 10 minutes. You better work, fans. That is so fun. <laughs> so it's like, some of it is like, I think honestly, some of it is like, I'm giving the people what they want yeah. at a certain point on this thing. And it's turned into a very like anti Jake Jellen Hall narrative. Yeah. And not that I'm trying but to like, defend him that much because like, no, no. Care, no. But, yeah. Oh, God. The internet is wild. So uh, there are some final questions I like to ask you guys regarding this film. Um, first and foremost, on a scale of one to ten, comparing this to other movies in general, not the MCU, in movies, what would you give this on a scale of one to ten? And feel free to be honest. We our mm. last one I recorded, somebody gave the movie a zero out of ten. <laughs> so it can't be any lower or any higher than we've already gone. I would say mine feels a little bit biased because I had fun watching it and I had no idea what was happening. <laughs> so for this viewing, I would say a three and a half, maybe. Very cool. I was going to say a four. That was where yeah. I was at, where okay. it's like, look, it's it's a little bit of like too talented to fail. Yeah. You know what I mean? Where it's like, there's too many good people in this. There's too much just like storytelling that is fine. Yeah. That, like it's not going Pop- lower than that. Yeah. It's going to be charming. The like yeah. Michael uh, Pena stuff is fun where he's telling stories. Like there's enjoyable moments in this thing. Is mm-hmm. it cinema? No, no, it is not. Yeah. That is. Yeah. Devin, um, what would you give it? I would say, well, here's the thing. I really liked, I liked this a little bit more than the first Ant-Man. Not a lot more. Because I like female superheroes a little bit more. Like, I like to, but that's really the only thing, because the story is so much better in the first one. Um, And there were a lot of parts in this I really, really loved. Parts in this that were, like, the whole him not being clearly her father. Like, that made, that was such a wrong choice to me. Yeah. Yeah. That it really took me out. Having said all that, I'm just going to go ahead and give it a 10 out of 10. <laughs> um, <Not too>. <laughs> then uh rotten tomatoes has a critic score and an audience score and i love to have my guests guess what do you think the crit on a scale of one to 100 mm. what do you think critics gave it and what do you think audiences gave this can i ask a question that i don't know if i'm allowed to ask yes generally speaking do critics like a marvel movie or not like a marvel movie generally speaking speaking generally speaking they have 
with the exception of like maybe one or two, have always been fresh tomatoes. Fresh tomatoes? Yeah. All right. I am going critic score of 67, audience score of 73. Ooh, okay. Josh? I'm going to say critic score of 59 and audience score of uh, 71. You guys are pretty close with the audience score. Audience score is 75% on this one. Ooh, we did it. Critics gave it an 87%. (laughs) 87? (laughs) What? (laughs) Oh my God. (laughs) That's like Casablanca (sighs) level. That's like. Here's the. This is something that I think we lose, or I don't know that we talk about a lot, is that. The environment in which a movie is released accounts for a lot of the influence of critics. Absolutely. Like, I think critics really rated these high because at the time, this type of storytelling had never been done before. Very, yeah. 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 Like, if you think about, like, Hocus Pocus has, like, an abysmal critic score. Critics hated it. Yeah. But with time and like through it has lasted, and I think most people would say like it's a perfect like Halloween movie. It's it's yeah doesn't take itself too serious and knows what it's doing. Yada yada yada. Um, but eighty seven percent is pretty wild. They're is... absolutely they're they're horny for these small insects. They love absolutely it. all horny. And you know what else is so the new one that's out, Eternals, has like the it's has the worst MCU score ever. It's like forty seven percent. Or something. It's really, really bad. Right. That movie is no worse than any of these other movies. But now <laughs> I think critics are like, well, what have you got up your sleeve this time, Marvel? Oh. <laughs> they want to be dazzled. Yeah, the old rigmarole. It's not going to work <laughs> this time. Also, every movie is a Marvel movie now. And so, like, if you <laughs> to keep your job as a critic, you have to like Marvel movies because it's yeah. just in comparison to other Marvel movies. How was yeah. this one? And also, it's getting to the point now where, like, before long, it'll be like, say what you want, critics. These movies are too big to fail. Like, absolutely. They're just money machines. Yeah. Yeah, Yeah. There's enough fans that, like, and I think there's enough things hidden throughout the movie that you got to see them all, right? Like, if you're dedicated, Mm -hmm. you're not going to sit one out because you're like, well, the critics didn't like it. And also, because it's leading to something else, no matter Mm -hmm. how bad it is, it never feels like a waste of your time. Right. Like, I walked out of the second amazing Spider-Man movie with uh, uh, Andrew Garfield. So good. So. (laughs) I was like, this poor Jamie Foxx. I can't watch him do this. It's so bad. I left. I would, no matter how bad the Marvel movie is, I'm like, well, I can't leave. What if they say something that's important in six months? Right. Yeah, you're literally not allowed to pee. Yeah. Because you can't do it. All right. A couple final questions, then, then we will wrap up and I'll let you go. One. In this movie, who could e- easily be replaced with Rosie O'Donnell and Danny DeVito? I'll go first to give you some time to think. Love this question so much. Yes, please. Um, I so who, here's who I would replace. I would replace. I would make Danny DeVito the guy who owns the restaurant. Oh, that is <laughs> fun. Strong, hands down. That's a, that's perfect. Rosie is speaking to me as I would have her be ghost or. No, I take that back. I would have her be the version of Janet that comes out of the quantum realm. <laughs> he goes, she goes Here's down. Rosie. <laughs> He's like, I've changed since I was 
She goes in as Michelle Pfeiffer. She comes out as Rosie O'Donnell. Yeah. I love it. I love it. Um, this is this is the most fun bit. This is the most fun bit. <laughs> I would replace him and Janet with with Danny DeVito and Rosie O'Donnell the entire time. Yeah. I want to see Danny DeVito clunking around to Paul Rudd being like, you took my suit. (laughs) (laughs) But like that almost makes more sense, right? Yeah, yeah. Like Ant-Man is more artistically interesting if he's small to start with. Yeah. Yeah. Either really, really small or really, really big. Like I would love to see a big Danny DeVito. Like Shaq. Let's replace Scott. How about you, Josh? I was going to say that, like, the Lawrence Fishburne character is just so not necessary at all in the in that version of the film. This is not the fun answer, but, like, either of them or both of them could be tag-teaming it and both I'm of a... them play that character. <laughs> I'm picturing it like that scene from Chicago when it, she's, like, the puppet. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> It's never explained. Yeah, but Rosie's the puppet, clearly. Yeah. Uh, then who in this movie has hot dad energy? Ooh. If anybody. Um, this movie's a real tough one. I don't know that anybody... I mean, of course I could say Scott, because... And also, yeah. by the way, this is energy, so it can be gender neutral. Um, I am Judy gonna... Greer has really hot dead energy in this whole thing yeah i love judy greer i could watch judy greer do anything yeah, she's incredible she's wonderful uh you know who has hot dad energy i'm gonna say um michael pena i really yes he's yes. so Fun. cute and he's, he's so, so funny cute. yeah i watched an interview with him on a late night show and he is so energetic and so like full of life mm. that then to watch these movies I'm like oh everything you're doing is a character choice which makes it brilliant yeah yes I love that and also I want to give it to the the goon that was sucking on the necklace <laughs> yeah. the henchman would they is that the word a, a henchman a goon yeah, is that, yeah, yeah. You know? yeah. henchman a is probably henchman is probably more respectful than goon but <laughs> I think I'll go I, goon I think that's a pretty a pretty hot choice <laughs> Give me the goons. <laughs> we all go to a male strip club. We're like, bring out the goons. <laughs> Come on. <laughs> Come on, goons. We're all stuck in the necklace. <laughs> oh, my God. Well, thank you both so much for being here. Any final thoughts on Ant-Man and the Wasp that you want to um, divulge to our listeners? I have about 10,000 more questions, but Devin, I'll call you after. <laughs> <laughs> perfect, perfect. Run me down. Who's this guy? <laughs> so he's okay, what ant? did I watch? What happened here? <laughs> Uh, I did have a question and more it's just a thinker for all of us is that the very end of the movie they have this like dream house that they essentially inflate into yeah. and or like enlarge <laughs> in this area where uh, the the happy parent couple gets to be together like Pim and mm-hmm. Janet um, is that gentrification <laughs> <laughs> Who knows, man? Just they... <laughs> enlarging buildings, making model scale buildings and enlarging them in neighborhoods and displacing communities that have lived in those areas beforehand. It's San Francisco. Yeah. They do a little bit of that. And then they also, when they up, when they like blow up that office building in the middle of the woods, a little bit of deforestation as well. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, the, and since we're asked, since we're posing questions, I think at the end of this, much like anything, 
based in science, I'm going to ask an age-old question of like, just because we could, should we? And that goes for this entire movie. Um, Thank you both so much for being here. Thank you, Brad. Disney Adult is part of the Trident Network. To learn more about our videos, live shows, and other podcasts, please visit thetridentnetwork.com. That is the Trident network.com and also don't forget to follow disney adult on instagram at at disney.adult.podcast